Welcome in to another edition of the Tavern Cake Podcast, episode episode five thirty nine. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. We're talking Milwaukee Bucks All Star All Star break and post All Star break storylines preview the whole thing. Get into what the Bucks are for this final stretch of Bucks basketball for the season. Crazy to talk about that already. We're also going to talk about the Packers offseason. Now that football is over. Uh, what does the Packers offseason look like? What are those headlines? And then lastly, we'll talk about Marquette and UConn, the biggest matchup of the weekend, the biggest matchup of college basketball, biggest matchup, state of Wisconsin. It is a slobber knocker, if you will. And I will be live on the PSF app uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll be live streaming it. So I'll be uh, giving my commentary, giving my feedback. That'll be kind of the last thing, last maybe not the last thing I do before I go to Portugal, but one of the last. And then I will, I was going to try to do some shows before uh, before I went out to Portugal. And I have not done that, Mitch, if that would not shock you. No evergreen shows or uh, whatever you call them. Uh, yeah. Pre-recorded. I, Dude, like I definitely can. I there are topics to do. Like I have topics in my head. It's just a matter of taking the time. And like you know, as we, as you know, as because we do this every, for about an hour, hour plus every day, like every week. Like it takes time. So if you're putting yep. together like two more, three more podcasts, like that's that's a good three or four hours. So I am gonna do one probably at some point on Saturday. Just looking back at UConn and Marquette because obviously not going out. Uh, Saturday night before I, I fly out internationally. That would be about as reckless as it could be. Um, so I will have something for Monday um, and maybe talk. I don't know if, know if I'll talk all-star, but then that'll be kind of it unless I am able to uh, come up with a few. So you never say never, but uh, it's not, it's not exactly looking good at the moment, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you timed out that trip pretty well, didn't you? Right after the Super Bowl and listen, kind of during yeah. the all-star break and, but, but <laughs> it, it wasn't a factor, right? So here's the story behind it. So my wife has wanted to go to Portugal for a bit. And I was like, I was open to it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And Portugal, for those who don't know, are it's a very warm, warm climate in the summer. You can't go in the summer. It's just too fucking hot to be like, and you walk like everywhere. It's a very walk forward city and so there's reasons to not go in the summer like most places in europe yeah and then um and then the spring it's expensive because the spring it's like that's high time that's when everybody's going so and that's when it's really crowded and everything like that so we talked a lot about winter and we threw around january we threw around december and i had sort of said like hey you know maybe could we get as close to spring as possible and maybe could we get lucky? The weather, at least in Lisbon, looks great, like 65, 70 uh, in Lisbon. Uh, Porto might, we're hopefully the rain, you know, goes away there. But even then, it's like 50 degrees and it's only like a 50% chance of rain. So that's usually not like it's going to rain all day. It's just going to have periods of rain, right? You're just going to have to deal with it a little bit. And part of that reason was that was like, hey, let's let's get this let's get this so like we kind of get the best possible weather without paying the premium prices. And I know I'm kind of rambling here, but then to bring it back to sports. Yes. It was really nice. Not only that um, there is a break here and I'll miss about a week of bucks basketball. I also will miss the Marquette, but I'll miss DePaul, Providence and Xavier all at home. Uh, but I get to see UConn on Saturday and then when I'm back on Friday, I'll get to see Creighton at Creighton on Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, it's about as good as it gets. It's only four hours ahead. Is it really? I thought it was more than that. I just Googled Porto weather and it says Friday at 2 a.m. And it's Thursday, 846 here. It's 240. So, it's 246 a.m., Bob. So we're six. That's six hours. Oh. I guess you're right. <laughs> no, nah, man. And so it'll be fun. I'll still try to do some sort of content like thing I missed in Wisconsin or I don't know. Well, I got to think about it. We'll see. 
we'll see how much it's like part of being on vacation is you're kind of disconnected from the phone and you know, no one's paying me to do this shit, but we'll, uh, we'll see. And, you know, as I always tell you, you know, the, the keys are open. If you ever want to get on and just vent, um, I, I can easily give you, give you the password and you can upload, upload anything, anything to your pleasure. Um, I will, I, I will not only not say it's not allowed, but encourage it, but I know I won't have anything to bitch about for a good week. So, well, right. Um, yeah. The bucks are, the bucks I, mean, are I, can, I can find things, believe me, I'm good at that, but, um, <laughs> you know like taking your car to a dealership to get it fixed i mean it's just you know we're all good now though i I am happy to report that we are great we're all good we'll just go we'll just do every day that i'm gone will be the mitch's monday grievance mitch's tuesday grievance and then we'll just you just tell you tell people what's grinding your gears each day and then we'll just go i mean that 15 minutes take care of business but anyways uh, yeah, you mentioned the Bucks and that it's All Star break and you know post All Star break and obviously a lot of stuff swirling about the Bucks, good and bad, and we're we're here to cover it all. And number one, I guess to start to kick it off is you know the recent news that Danilo Gallinari joining the team uh, from the buyout. The Bucks decide to go in the buyout market. There was a lot of talk: would they? Won't they? I wouldn't say that Gallinari was high on my list, Mitch, but I'm all right with adding him on the team if that if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to play or what he's really going to provide, honestly. You know, um, he's pretty old, washed up, um, coming off a knee injury last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one positive is he'll play. He should play a game for the Bucks before he ever played for the Celtics. Yeah. Even though that was their that was their big offseason acquisition uh, last right. year, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it, I guess in theory, he and Giannis um, would would fit together um, mm-hmm. on on the court. Which I guess, if I you know all jokes aside, I mean that would be a, a positive thing. Um, that way, Giannis can ideally protect the rim. And Gallo can just be like I'm already calling him Gallo. See that? Yeah. Um, Gallo can be um, just I guess a pillar in there, you know, kind of like Brooke, but like a smaller version. I think Gallinari's probably bigger than you think. You know, he's kind of like Bobby yeah, he, Portis in that in that regard that he's like probably a good six ten. You know, right? Um, and ha- may and not, as a, may, may not have. Oh God. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna joke. He has a little beef on him. He has a little meatballs, a little more meatball on him than. Yeah, he's than he's a little fat know. at this point. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, he. You know, I feel like he hasn't really played that size until like recently, kind of, where he's kind of had to be. You know, he was like, like a three back in the day, right? Like, when oh it was, yeah. When it was cool to have, like a six eleven small forward. I mean, mm-hmm. remember those days? Oh yeah. Where you had like the a lot like when a lot of the Euros were first starting to come over here and like the God Gallinari's probably been in the league for what since like what oh six or oh seven maybe yeah um, yeah I had a couple of people of those... yeah I had a couple people in high school who like in in again this is how unrealistic people are in high school where there were big guys that just wanted to play play the three because of the Gallinari's and the Dirks and all those dudes who Bargnani um. Well, we're big guys, but they played, they were the, they were threes. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, those, that was, that was cool back then. And that he was, you know, obviously when he was in his prime, that's probably more what he was. He was like a, like a three. And then I think as, as the game has shifted in general, he's turned into a, a you know, four and probably at this point he's, yeah, like just a stretch five. So, um, you know, I admittedly haven't watched a ton of, ton of tape on him this year he's playing for detroit for right yeah, he played when the bucks were there for that that little that little two-game series he played for them um and kind of did what he does you know if he's open he's he ain't gonna miss so um until he puts a bucks uniform on uh that that's kind of like the thing where it's like how many guys have i seen the bucks sign at you know as like uh, you have marvin williams miritich i know he was a trade Mm-hmm. kind of i feel like this is you know Pau gasol is pro- probably a little closer to yeah i i hope he has more in the tank than Pau gasol paul paul had some moments in that 2019 season like he had a little little spurt there but i don't remember it was... playing hardly at all no you're right a you're games. right 
you're right. Marvin Williams is probably the best one out of that, right? Out of that probably. mix of and, guys. And he, and he turned it. He he was probably, I suppose. Well, Miritich was fine until the playoffs, honestly. Right. Until, oh yeah. And really, just... really until, really until like the Raptors series for sure. He was garbage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And his court. butt his butthole got so tight in that Raptor series, and yeah, just was never able to unwind it. And he hasn't played in the NBA since. Right. It completely fucked. Him. Like it just was, it was it, it was, it was Kurtz. And yeah, I mean, buyout guys are not always like, you can't get too excited about them. Like, I think the example of like the best case scenario from a buyout guy perspective was way back in the day, but PJ Brown, PJ Brown was a buyout guy for, I think the Celtics 2018 and he was awesome and just added a ton. But very rarely do these buyout guys come in and they are like superstars and they're playing at where yeah. they they were bought out for a reason. I am happy that it's not PJ Tucker and I love PJ. Don't get me wrong, but I want to remember 2021 PJ Tucker. I want to have that memory. I don't want PJ Tucker to come back who is a shell of himself now and not necessarily be that same guy. And cloud the image. I'd be like Nigel Morgan coming back in 2014, 2015 and being half the player he was in 2011. Um, I just, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, there was one buyout guy that like, I absolutely targeted. I mean, Thad Young would have been nice. I, I probably liked Thad Young a little bit better than Gallinari, but at the same time, like, I don't know how much is Thad Young adding, you know, comparative to Gallinari. Yeah, I I think Gal is a better shooter. So right, exactly. I, I always I always tend to like that a little more, but you know, and in a way, I think the, in a way this it it you, you've seen in the the couple Pat Bev games. I mean, I guess the first two, and the last two haven't necessarily amounted to much, but you kind of saw for sure in that Denver game um, and the Charlotte game. The Bucks look com- completely different. Just getting Pat Pat Bev, they look like engaged, and you know it looked like things were turning a corner. And um, you know, and, and that's maybe what you know Thad Young probably would have been a little more like that, just kind of a, a veteran, um, maybe a little more physical. But you know, Gallo will probably he is what he is. You know, he's yeah, he's, he's gonna take some shots, and um, you know that that's that's never a bad thing. The last thought on Gallo, and then we'll move on, is it does also keep Bobby Portis in check. Like, Bobby Portis can't be a black hole with Gallinari because if he is, Doc now can say, all right, fuck it. I'm pulling him, and I'm bringing in Gallinari. And I think that's really important. I don't think Bobby's at guardrails all season. And now he has a guy who easily could get replaced, you know, in right lineups, in just he's playing like ass. And I think that matters. And I, I want, I'll be curious to see if that actually helps Bobby Portis with somebody there kind of in a sort of a light, light of fire under his ass sort of thing. Yeah. Look, looking over his shoulder. I mean, right. that's, that's certainly a potential motivation to, to make the signing. I mean, right. It, oh yeah. You know, it, you lost Robin Lopez who, you know, God help us. If you ever had to play, you know, we, we didn't no. see, a few no. minutes. Um, Robin should just never, go play he, in Taiwan at this point. Yeah, he was never going to be a, any type of factor. Um, so, you know, but still, that's a big body. And, you know, you were down essentially, you would have been, you essentially had no true backup five, I guess. I mean, Bobby plays there, but, you know, he just basically gets destroyed by right. the Okiches of the world and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, in the East, I mean, Embiid would be, you know, that's food for him. Bobby, oh, yeah. Bobby Portis. And, you know, you're going to need some front court depth. And I, I don't know if Gallinari is really hanging on to, to Embiid's uh, shorts too much either. But, um, you know, I guess that would be where Giannis would have to step in or, or whatever and, and, and take on a, a role as a more of a center. I still don't really love that long term. But, um, no, I, playoffs, it, it might be. A situation i think it's just use. some i just think it's something you you do from time to time you you it's not all the time i think the the kind of the 
fascination and almost like a fetish of like, we have to have Giannis at the five. That's the only way to win. It's like, you don't know how much that, that a drains Giannis defensively. You lose offensive production when they didn't have Brooke Lopez for basically a year, the bucks were a middle of the road defensive team. And that was with Drew holiday. Now it's Dave Miller and Malik Beasley. Like, you know, let's just put on, you know, there's, that's a little rose colored glasses. Grass is always greener. Did mention the East, and that was kind of where I was going to go next. Is sort of that race for the two seed, and where it is. And now the Bucks withstanding to you know tonight against Memphis, they are the only ones in action uh, on the East side of things. But it's really a race between three teams: Cleveland, New York, and then the Bucks. Uh, I think Philly is kind of out of it. Philly, like Milwaukee, has a very tough schedule, um, and they haven't really played well without Joel Embiid. Uh, so that's that's also uh, part of that problem. But, I mean, for me, Mitch, I am not, I would say, that keen on getting the three, the two seed. I think, you know, if Cleveland gets it, fine. But I think it's really important to get out of that four and not have to play Boston in the second round. I think that's really the goal, and that should be the Bucks' goal. Or do you think it's get as high of a seed as, as humanly possible? Well, I mean, yeah, you can pretty much forget the one seed. I think at yeah. this point, Boston's, yeah, oh yeah. Boston's one seed. run away with it. Yeah, the one um, seed is the one seed is definitely is definitely not on the table. Um, you know, that's going to be Boston. It's going to be very tough to win there. It's not going to be easy at all. But you're two games up on the Knicks. You're two games behind Cleveland. You're you're in terms of a tiebreaker. You split that series. I think you have the tiebreaker over the Knicks right now. And then the Sixers are two and a half back. So I guess the Sixers aren't technically out of it. But again, it goes back to how much you trust that team with the schedule they have, plus the plus just the injuries that they've had with Tobias has been hurt and Bede's still out. Um, it seems like the Sixers could even be that six seed. So that's, I guess, another factor is like maybe it's a better reason to get the two seed because you could – You'd rather be facing Orlando or Miami. Well, I got yeah. Do you want to face Miami or do you want to face no, the Sixers? No, I yeah, I don't. I don't want to face anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the Knicks are banged up too. I mean, they. Oh are... yeah, yeah, they're really banged up. And Tibbs, Tibbs went back to his old ways. I mean, he's three guys. The only three guys that played thirty nine minutes plus all are on the New York Knicks right now. So Tibbs went back to his bullshit. Yeah, I mean, but you know, they're they've obviously are have been great since they got did the Ananobi trade. Mm-hmm. But Randall got hurt and then and then Ananobi got hurt and I think Brunson's been kind of banged up. I he's Hard, been playing. Hardenstein Hardenstein had an Achilles thing. I don't think it actually ended up being an like an Achilles tear, but he had an Achilles injury. Dante left the I think it was the the Rockets game with a hamstring injury. So it's like, yeah, they are the walking wounded. And We'll see. And I, my whole thing with the Knicks is, and you know, everybody's going to suck their dick and they did, and it'll, it'll continue. The Glazers. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's not going to stop. Won the, uh, they won the deadline. So, oh, yeah. Um, and it's big city the and, and the whole thing. But no one seems to think to answer the question of how do you stop size with the Knicks? Because the Knicks have none. Like it's Jericho Sims and it's Hart and Sam. I guess they're going to get Mitchell Robinson maybe back. But can you really trust Mr. Robinson to stay healthy for for two months? He hasn't proven it in his career. And Giannis has really had his way with anybody on that Knicks roster. And I I would not be worried. I don't worry about the Knicks at all. I'd say out of the teams we talked about, the Knicks are probably the one. If the Bucs were a four seed and they got the Knicks in the first round, I actually would welcome that versus maybe seeing the Sixers as the six or the Pacers as the seven. Seven, like the Pacers, I don't know that that's another team where it's like there have been, you know, not so great matchups. Yeah. I mean, I will say with the Heat, like the Heat did catch the Bucks on an unfortunate night. They shot the shit out of the ball. Bucks beat them twice earlier this year, pre Doc Rivers. So I don't know how much I want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm terrified of the Heat. It's just, yeah, they're the demons. The demons are definitely there. And. And, you know, that's it's just been a, a playoff rivalry throughout the last, you know, whatever it may be, the last five years, last six years. Yeah, I mean, they um, the Heat 
had just have a tendency to to make everything against the Bucks. Um, and yes, they did beat them. They had a pretty good in season tournament game. Um, in Miami, that was you know, oh yeah, one of the one of if you know, arguably the best win maybe of Adrian Griffin's short tenure. Yeah, as Bucks head coach. Um, yeah, that that won them the the group or whatever. And I don't think Butler played in that game. Um, I don't think he's played any games hardly this year. It seems like and uh, right. Yeah, it's been a weird year. I mean, it's it's been what Jimmy's been doing. I mean, he just doesn't value the regular season, and the the Heat are okay with it. And yeah. it's it, it's kind of goofy. I mean, I know he's bad. He had a death in the family, and so obviously now it's something serious. But yeah, you don't have the Jimmy Butler moments, and it's it's interesting when you look at that compared to like Kawhi Leonard, who Kawhi forever forever was really kind of the same way, really in the same time period. And now Kawhi plays mostly a whole year. I know he missed the last two games, I think, with an abductor injury. Um, but, like, Kawhi's a damn near MVP, and the Clippers are probably maybe the best, you know, one of the top contenders in the Western Conference. So it's like, all right, like, it kind of helps to play the whole regular season because your team actually is good when you're out on the court. It's amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, imagine having a healthy team. I mean, it's – uh Oh right, and that's, that's been a little bit of an issue for the Bucks. Oh late. yeah, I mean, Middleton's got to miss six games with a sprain with a with a rolled ankle, and I, I understand look, why. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, know, he might, got, might as well shut him down. I get it. Well, it was a bad. I mean, first of all, it was a bad like step. Like Durant that like he stepped on Durant's full ass fifteen foot, and it was it looked nasty at the time. So I'm not surprised that. He's missing time. I think as long as he's back for the start of the All Star break, the start of the second half, that's good. If he's still missing time and misses those first two games, because those first two games are are pretty critical. You go to Minnesota, we've already lost two. You now get you're now fully rested, fully healthy, ready to go, and you can kind of send a little bit of a message. You're going to be in the building. Like they got to play well for you too. And then you go to Philadelphia for the Doc reunion, and then you get two two against Charlotte. So it's like there is an opportunity here where even if you split that weekend, you have the opportunity to kind of start out on the right foot, as long as you're you know able to do it. But we'll yeah. we'll sort of see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, once he's once he's back, then probably Connaughton's minutes go down and. Uh... Jay Crowder's minutes also go down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, you know, and Chris, Chris had been, been playing pretty well, honestly. Right. Uh, oh yeah. No since, question. Really the, since like December when he kind of, when they kind of took the, the minutes restriction off, you know, he still, he still isn't playing back to back to backs. And I get the sense that that won't happen at all this season. Right. Um, you know, if it hasn't really yet, but he was up to like 30 minutes a game and, um, you know, kind of brought him, bringing him along slow and, you know, you're starting to look, look pretty good. And then, you know, the ankle injury happens and um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, and that's, you know, we talked about it before with, with doc, the doc tenure has been kind of, you know, about as tumultuous as it, you know, or, or you know, as um, yeah unstable as it gets. Right. In terms of road trip and joining the team there and not really having any practice time. And I mean, they beat Denver after having two days off and, a, and an ability to practice and right. kind of prepare. And, um, you know, that's, that's giving me some hope, you know, for things. Oh, um, right. And also, I mean, too, the, the numbers against the top teams in the, in the NBA has been staggering. The Bucks have woken up every time they've played a top team and they have answered the bell and they the numbers show it. And so you have this really difficult schedule where you have a West Coast swing and you have, you know, a lot of teams that are are in the playoffs right now that you'll be facing down the stretch, those teams you've actually done really well against. You are yeah. you have one of the better records above 500 than anybody in the league. And so maybe it's good that the Bucs have this hard schedule because they're actually going to give a shit every night and not just sort of fuck around and find out. And they've done that obviously way too often this season. And it's unfortunately like a part of their 
their mentality this year, which is really yeah. annoying. And it's well, and, it, it was and, not and it, something that that happened during Bud. And I think that's been a really tough pill for Bucks fans to swallow because that's that was just very unlike them when they when they had Bud as their head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be very um, nearsighted or kind of prisoner of the moment to say that this team is more frustrating than than I can remember because I know like watching Drew Holiday play point guard with this team was, was not always fun. You know I mean? It was right. You know, he's not the offensive talent that Dame Lillard is. Um, but it just does seem like this season it's like one step forward and then like two steps back. Oh yeah. Like you, 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 you look, you blow the shit out of Charlotte, which you should have, after getting fucking buried by the Timberwolves, mind you. Right. Um, well, the Timberwolves won. The Timberwolves won is to me like the most forgivable. Like everyone was losing their shit in that game, and it's like, guys, what the fuck do you expect? They had, and I know I ranted about this last weekend, but it's like they had like half a roster. They had all these guys out, yeah. and and everything like that. And so it's like I. But so they they blow Charlotte ahead, out. And then, yeah. and then they're they're a couple days off over the weekend. Look good against Denver, and then get destroyed again the very next night. And like I just I don't remember. I mean, they just they've gotten blown out so many times this year. I mean, so that's only their it's third. Just, it's just unusual. That's only that's only their third twenty point loss. I don't know how many like double digit losses we'd have to. I mean, we'd have to go back okay. and give me this number. How many times have they been down by 30 points in a game in a game at any point? Yeah, no, I probably a dozen. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, they they allow themselves to get kind of avalanche. They like allow themselves to sort of not be able to stop the bleeding. It's like, oh, someone's scoring points. Okay, I guess we're fucked. Like, it's like my old roommate, Nate Dog, shout out when he got a drop of water on his Blackberry back in college and he threw his phone at the wall. It's like, well, this thing's fucked. Like, that's what the Bucks are doing when, like, teams get on runs sometimes. They're like, oh, all right, we're fucked. It's over. Let's let's look forward to tomorrow. Not a big deal. It's just the regular season. And like, we're not used to that. And, yeah. you know, I think there were a lot of issues with Mike Budenholzer. But one of the things that Mike Budenholzer did, and credit to him, was he always had the boys ready to play. And that was something Adrian Griffin struggled with. That's something I think Doc is still sort of figuring out what motivates these guys. And I, yeah, I just think that there is. And I think the other thing, just to kind of put a bow on this a little bit, is like they, we've played a Giannis and Dame have, and Middleton for that matter, a little bit, have played a lot of unnecessary minutes because we fucked around against bad teams. And that's. Yeah. And hopefully that doesn't come back to bite you. Yeah, I mean, the positive spin zone, though, is that, you know, these guys are playing most every night and they're playing, yeah, you know, pretty normal minutes. Um, and, and, and then that could, you know, allow them to be a little better conditioned in the playoffs as opposed to playing 31 minutes every night under Mike Budenholzer and then all of a sudden having to play 40 or more right. every, you know, every other night in the playoffs. And, um, you know, yeah, no. up a little better. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's a fair challenge. I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, lastly, do you want to talk the MVP stuff? I mean, I feel like we have to, I think it's part of that post all-star break conversation as annoying as it'll, it, it is right now. And it's going to continue to be, um, but it's, it's going to be the conversation and the, the haters are out in full force. Yeah, I mean, is, is there a late example that I that I'm of? Did of you did you see the Mike? The did you see the Mike? Did you see the Mike Prada example? Oh well, yeah, like yeah, he jumped on the bandwagon of got the coach fired, right? He called it a demerit. He's like, Giannis needs to have a demerit for getting his coach fired. It's like fucking what? Dude? Well, are you kidding? I actually enjoyed a uh, friend of the pod, Eric's take that. He actually played through a shitty coach. Yeah. And I was like, that's I was like, that's actually a way it would never be looked at. He, in the he didn't media. He didn't mope at all. He did not mope at all. He did not bitch. He did not 
you know, he did not Everybody pull else Harden. Did, but he did. Yeah, exactly. Right. He did not pull Harden. He did not pull an Embiid. Like, this, and I, I just do not get all of these fucking nerds who are obsessed with Nikola Jokic, who just jerk off the Jokic tape all fucking week long. Like, I don't get it. Like, I like watching Jokic play, but I don't, and maybe I'm just a bad basketball fan, but maybe I, I just don't look for it. I'm like, oh, Jokic is playing a national TV game. Got to watch it. I, I care about, like, when Steph's playing, like, I will, I will definitely turn on a Golden State game. Like, 100%. But I'm not running to my TV to turn on a Jokic game. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no and they're – they're, They fucking suck, man. I uh, <laughs> that's what I was sighing about. You fucking steal the inbound pass, and you cannot get – they can't even complete transition anymore. It's just – it's so embarrassing. Oh, man. That's the ah. bucks. Jesus Christ. Fucking uh, Pat Bev, man. He's gonna drive me nuts. He is yeah. so bad at shooting, and 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 I I did see I did see a, a, some of that from like Sixers fans like, oh he's he's like he's so bad on offense that like you can't even really justify having him out there. And God, they might be right. And I hate to say it, hmm. and Giannis just does everything, and it's it's just I mean, I'm getting fucking sick of Dame too. I'm just gonna say it. Oh, I wanted I wanted yeah, to talk we about Dame. On that. Yeah, but... we should talk. Well, let's let's wrap let. Let's wrap up the MVP stuff and then let's t- touch on Dame. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I mean, I think Giannis is as good a chance as anybody to win it. Honestly, I mean, right with with, with Embiid going down, I I told you all to get your tickets in. Uh, yep. God, Memphis just cannot miss. No. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I he's gonna be there in the end, but it's a lot of it's narrative. You know, it has been for. For a long time now and you know it seems like the trend is you're going to win your you win your two once once your time is has come you'll win two and then you can't really get another one so um you know they probably want to give it to shay or um luca for some reasons in there um but he's probably got to get up to i don't know the mavericks are gonna have to you know get it get hot and they look pretty good with daniel gafford i get it um, and it sounds like the Grant Williams stuff was pretty bad. So he's out of there now. Um, and maybe, maybe Dallas will go on a, go on a run, but you know, you know, you know, Giannis has to do everything for this team and does it every night. Like it's Anthony yeah. Davis has the heads 37 and 15 and that's Giannis falls out of bed and gets that shit. So, right. Exactly. And, and yeah. And, and I think they just hold Giannis to this unbelievable standard that just isn't, isn't at all possible. Like it's like they he needs to be they need to be a top the top team in the east. They need to be this, that, and like it's just they have so many, there's so many expectations on this team. And it's really unfair. And so yeah, to your point, it's like and the Bucks always, and the Bucks are the Bucks are the quote is the incessant quote is as long as you have Giannis, the Bucks are on the clock. The Bucks are on the clock. The Celtics right. are never on the clock with Tatum. No, the Den- Denver's never on the clock with Jokic. Right, right. Um, exactly, exactly. Because again, it's this like weird fetish that they all want Giannis to not play where he is, and they, you saw it also with Donovan Mitchell. Now, Cavs are having this great season. All of a sudden, gotta get him to the Knicks. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. It's like, oh, I'd be shocked. If Donovan Mitchell's here next year. Fuck off. Like, how about let this team enjoy this run, right? Like I, why not? And and you're and the shit's gonna start with Shy Shy Gildas Alexander. I don't know when his contract's up. Did he sign a big deal? I can't remember. I'll look it up now. Uh, he did. I just I'm not sure when. I'll like, look. I'll look it up. I'm sure he's got. Uh, he's got multiple years. Okay, so he yeah no he just signed his deal. So we won't we won't hear it about Shy Alexander. But I guess I bet we'll hear it about Anthony Edwards. I bet we will. So it's just, it, it never stops. And yeah, I think if the media doesn't want to give it to Jokic, they'll give it to Luca or they'll give it to Shai or Shay, sorry. Shea. And that'll yeah. be, and that'll, that'll be the, that'll be the decision. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'll, uh, that'll, that'll be how it'll, how it'll end up. So, um, but yeah, it's, so let's talk about the damn thing. 
Um, we've we went long on the box, but we'll, we'll continue. I don't I don't really have anything specific. I just I, yeah. I, just, I mean, I, okay. I'm just like you've had some good moments, but I'm just tired of like I don't know. So everything. did you did you listen to um the Ryan Russell podcast with John Krasinski from the uh a- from the Athletic, who's a Timberwolves beat writer and like sideline guy? Uh no, no, I did not. Oh, okay, I'd recommend everybody listening to that because he has this really interesting oh, like Lord. He has this interesting thing about this is ahead of me on the stream uh about Rudy Gobert and talks about how. It really took a year to play with Rudy Gobert. It took a year to play with Rudy Gobert, and it was it, it was a huge adjustment period. Rudy was was used to being the star, then he wasn't. Rudy had to give some. He got into really good shape. Came in hungry. They started working well together, and it just sort of all clicked this year. And that's why you're seeing such a good year from the T pups. And Anthony Edwards, the way Anthony Edwards sort of plays and his demeanor is very similar to Giannis in the sense of he's a very happy-go-lucky guy. He's not as obsessive as Giannis, but he's very much like a guy's guy, one of one of the teammates you'd love to have. So, Edwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just wonder, is that Dame Lillard too? And as much as we were like championship, 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 if really it's next year, that's the year. But maybe, maybe they're just a bad fit. And maybe, and look, that happens in the NBA. But that, I mean, if that's the case, then, then like, I don't know, man. That's, you got to figure that out. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do and how you, how you're able to move Dame. I mean, maybe is everybody movable? I'm not sure. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. He just hasn't been good in 2024. I mean, it's well, well, right. And as pointed out, like, you know, uh, what he was good in December and then everything changed in New York. Like that's, that's like, if you want to get tinfoil hat, like what happened, what happened in, in New York? Like, you know, it, it's, it, that's the thing. Like his December numbers were great, and then it, it just all fell to shit. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, 43.1% from, from three in December, um, like by far his best month. Um, and in February, the free throws aren't, aren't there. Um, free throw attempts, I mean. He's only at like four a game. And uh, – 36% somehow from three in February doesn't feel right, but under, under 28% in January with a bigger sample size. So um, I think Ty Windish had, had tweeted out some stats. I think it might've been during the Miami game or something. Um, but yeah, he was like 29% from three. Yeah. It's been terrible. Like 40% from the floor, which is like, it's just, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the life of, you know, a three point chucker. I mean, you're gonna, but you're, but you're not getting like the great games, I guess is what, is what's kind of bothered me. I know like the, the buzzer beater against the Kings was awesome. And I, and I would, I would do that again, believe me. Um, But I'm just, I'm waiting for like the explosion. It just really, really hasn't come. And opening night was awesome. And you thought, holy shit, like, um, you know, this is really going to work. And, but it just, it, it does seem like, you know, they're not necessarily meshing like, like you thought. And I don't know, some of it, some of the blame could probably go to Giannis too. I mean, it's just like, if he would, if he would defer a little more, maybe he'd be able to get, you know, Dame and the flow of things a little better and, and get a rhythm. But um, I don't know. Giannis is such a, um, you know what's the word the that Rosilla loves to use about the um, God damn it I can't think of, like where one guy has the ball all the time. Oh, the isolate the ISO. Yeah, oh, I, not ISO. I, There's no. another unilateral is what I want to say, but that's yeah. Not it. Yeah, we'll go with it. That's fine. That's fine. No, that's not so, right. But all right. Um, so, do you have anyway, any? Uh, 
yeah. Do you last, 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 last thing? Do you have any second half predictions just for the fuck of it or not really? Uh, they drop out of the plan. <laughs> Are you like serious or just like no, mad that they're I'm, down? I'm not serious about that, but I mean, it is a fucking gauntlet in the East and I don't know. I mean, there's probably some teams out there that want it more. I, I don't think the Sixers are going to do much without Embiid because that dude will probably, probably be out till April. Yeah. And um, so you wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks were the fifth seed heading into the playoffs. Not at all. Not one bit. All right. Be interesting, man. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, there'll be a lot to talk about Bucks wise when we get back, when I get back. And we'll obviously have more Packer stuff to talk about as they enter the offseason. Um, as everyone sort of did their tweets, like, all right, zero, zero, uh, after the chiefs have won the super bowl. Um, and the Packers have a, a very interesting off season ahead of them. <laughs> I don't think it's as, as interesting as others with Rogers, but it still carries a little bit of weight. And I think the expectations are significantly higher than they were last season. Last year, it was, we still were wondering, hey, are they going to trade Rodgers? It was pretty assumed Rodgers might have retired. But this year, it's like all systems go. And it's kind of just let Brian Gunacoust cook. And it'll be very interesting to watch Brian Gunacoust without the pressure of Aaron Rodgers breathing down your neck. That's the thing that I'm probably the most fascinated to watch for, for the Packers this offseason. Yeah, kind of a first first fall off season for Goody, if you will. Right. Where he's not uh yeah, I you know, I like that. I mean, where he's not doesn't have the Rodgers, you know, pending trade or when when is it going to happen? He kind of knew. Right. I feel like well, maybe yeah, I mean, I guess you knew all along it was probably going to be the Jets. You know, once the off season started and um then it finally happened right before the draft, but um don't have to answer questions about that. You know, you got your guy, I guess, like, what's the Jordan Love contract going to look like is probably, right. yeah. you know, the most, I guess, the, you know, the probably the most interesting part of, you know, obviously what what they add in the draft and um, Packers not typically a huge uh, free agent player, but, um, you know, maybe they will be. Um, so, yeah. Well, but, it's, uh, yeah. You know, it's just how do they how do they maneuver the cap, right? How do they figure out the cap? I mean, I know that the cap isn't I, I don't go as far as saying the cap's fake. I my thing is the cap is always flexible. You always figure out how do we how can we move this around? How do we, you know, and the Packers have done a lot of like dead cap stuff. And I don't know if the Packers are doing that because they just expect I know TV deals are coming and they're just like, Oh, we're gonna get so much fucking money that this dead cap stuff's not even going to matter. And the cap's just going to keep going up and that it's going to offset, you know, everything. So I don't know. Um, I, I look at it as like, all right, you got to make a decision on Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark has $15 million left. You, you kind of are stuck with Preston Smith. Um, there are, there are a few others that you got to just kind of look at and say, all right, where, where are you going to go? How are you, how do they fit in with Jeff Halfley's, new system where it's going to be, you know, more of a four, three look, um, you know, are they going to make a swing at Antoine Winfield jr? That's a guy that's been floated around. I think the general consensus, the bucks, one of them are the bucks, the Packers don't have the money to, to, to spend up for him, but you never know. It was with Jordan love at a, an event, uh, Super Bowl week. So that's interesting. And it would be some shit if Jordan love was able to get guys to come to green Bay and Aaron Rodgers wasn't, um, I don't, not a 12 hater, but for the fucking content, Mitch, I, I would eat that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Antoine Winfield would be a, you know, certainly safety as a position of, of, uh, of, of need and of emphasis, I think, um, this off season. So that'd be great. I mean, so they have the potential to open up $60 million in, in cap space. Yeah. Am I seeing I this correct? All right, where are you seeing that? I think it's on Packers Wire. Okay, I'll look at that for as too. I mean, yeah, if that's the case, I mean, then... eleven potential moves though. So I mean, all right, so that's a that's a lot of if come maybe. Yeah, um, can save. Okay, so yeah, you can save. I, I would 60... think you're. I would think you're keeping some of these 
yeah, you have to you'd have to restructure Kenny Clark. Um, and you it probably would mean an extension. Now, Kenny Clark is the vaunted, he's already had two contracts, and that's usually the old Ted Thompson way was that you never gave the third contract unless a player was Hall of Famer. Now, Brian Gunacoust, I think, has kind of done that a little bit differently. I think the fact that Kenny Clark is 27, um, it's kind of a unique situation where you could still give Kenny Clark a four-year deal and he's 31. And then you're like, all right, go, go get a bag from the bears and don't, and then, and and get, get one more contract. Kenny Clark still probably has two, two contracts left in him. Yeah. Kenny Clark was drafted at like 20 years old or something like that. So, right. um, That might be an exception. And I feel like he was, he was effective enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, He played really well down the stretch too. And and I think also if you think that he can work in Halfley's system in that four three system, I think he can, and that will that will that will probably happen, and things like that. And I think you're I think you're hanging on to him. You know, yeah. Like I don't I don't see I don't see um, a world where he's not back. Right, and I I have to make a decision. I believe on uh, Kashawn Nixon like this week if they they aren't going to give him money. Um, or not. I think Kishon Nixon should go. I know he's like, he really loves being a Packer. And I, I don't, I don't want to discount that, but the guy kind of stinks. And unless Halfley feels like, all right, I can, I can fix the problems or I've noticed it. I can trust that a new, a new guy thinks that that's available, but they got to make a decision on that by the 19th of February. So yeah. Be interesting to see. I feel like, like there, there are there are a hundred Keyshawn Nixons out there. That's yeah, that's the thing. Like, get a guy that fits the system, or you draft one. Like, I really like Mikey Sandstro, kid from Michigan. Oh yeah. Who, oh, I fucking love that guy. He's short, and that's the knock on him. So that's he's, why he's, he's is he was he a corner and moved to safety or something like that, or vice versa, or could do. Uh, he might have been a safety, moved to corner. Yeah, I mean. Dude's a dog, like in, and I don't get that term gets overused. Thanks, Pat McAfee. But like, it's it's true. Like he is the definition. He's a leader, and like I don't know, I love the guy. I I, it's like very high on my list. Saner still, he reminds me like he's one of those guys that like is mocked like in second, third round, right? But will probably probably get reached for, right? Or like or like one of one of my people think he's a sleeper, but like. He's it's not like Bucky Irving. Everybody wants Bucky Irving in the third round. It's like, yeah. And then Bucky Irving's going to go in the second. And I was like, Oh, Bucky Irving. It's yeah. like, well, yeah. Bucky I Irving. wanted that guy. Yeah. Well, and, but, and what's interesting in the inverse is most people were like, Oh, there's no way the Packers are going to get Cooper DeGene, uh, the Wally Walkshaw wet dream from uh, Iowa. And now he's being mocked everywhere to the Packers. And it seems like 25 makes sense for Cooper DeGene. I mean, that would be a absolute. I mean, that guy is a fucking baller. He's also a punt returner. Kind of solves your Kishon Nixon problem, uh, at least in one side of the return game. Yeah, and a freak and, athlete. Like, oh yeah, he's uh yeah, he's a freak. And that's and we need more freaks. And having that with with uh, Jair and you know whatever is left to Eric Stokes. I've kind of given up on Eric Stokes. I'm more on to Valentine and Valentine. Like yeah, then you're starting to rebuild that that secondary and and everything else. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Darno Savage because Darno Savage was like kind of average this year. He wasn't terrible. Again, I I think it all comes down to the new DC. Can I fix this guy? Yes. Can I not fix this guy? No. Get rid of him. I don't see I don't see you know a place for him. And he, so he's got to be like on his like his last year. He is on his last. Yeah, he played out his deal. They have to basically decide. So he like, is a he is a free agent then, right? If they don't, well, if they don't read an extent, yeah, if they don't read extension, it's like five point four five, uh, in dead cap. So, you know, I Halfley does have a ton of experience working with defensive backs. You know, could they finally figure out the perfect sort of system for Savage? And I think the problem I have with Savage is it seems like we've tried this a hundred different times. Like, oh, if we do this. He's gonna work. He does this. We're gonna work. It's like how many fucking times we gotta do this before yeah. we realize it's not. Yeah. It's just not yeah, happening. Right. Exactly. 
And I guess uh, the other part. Oh, God. I'd say Devondre Campbell gone, right? Pro- yeah, probably. I mean, I thought they had to deal with one more year, but apparently they can get out of that. Yeah, I think Campbell is long, long gone. I think, uh, I think Campbell is, uh, you know, the, the savings is more as the season goes on. So you kind of hold on to it. I think also you then probably look to draft another linebacker and you try to, you try to get sorted that, uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Patrick Queen, uh, whatever. I forget the other Ravens guy. You try to basically do what you've seen for all these successful defenses. Isaiah McDuffie, I think's a guy, but I don't know if he's just like Jag plus, like just the guy plus. Like that's kind of what I think McDuffie is. I I wouldn't mind them trying to upgrade that position a little bit. Yeah, listen to how stupid this like this stuff is in the NFL. If the Packers release Devondre Campbell after March 13th, but before March 15th, and designate him as the as a post June 1st cut, I don't even that sentence I don't know. And <laughs> their savings then jumped to ten ten and a half million for this season, as opposed to like two and a half. Well, that's why that's why everybody says the cap's fake because it is. It's just it's There's not just loopholes. Fake. It's exactly there is a loophole for fucking everything. And so the last thing I was going to cover in terms of the offseason is will David Bakhtiari be traded? That's the last part. You know, it's a big contract. There is I, I it's a very complicated contract. I've tried to read it a few times. And to that point that you just said, like, it's really hard to understand how the Packers save money, help themselves. I don't think it's a bad thing to keep Bakhtiari on the roster. I honestly don't. I mean, I know Rashid Walker played well this year, but Josh Nyman once upon a time played well, and now Josh Nyman is probably going to get a million-dollar contract from somebody, and that's it, right? And he was terrible this year. And so he'll get more than that, but you get my point. I just like a change of scenery guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think it's fine to have like three really good tackles and then draft another guy in case it goes to shit for Bakhtiari in like the fourth or fifth round, like you have done for really in my entire lifetime, just drafting offensive linemen in, the, in day. Yeah. Three. The Packers are, are very good at finding those like late round O linemen. Right. I mean, there's just so many of them, you know. Oh, right. Rivera. And, and they have. Uh, and, and the thing is, is they are like a guy who knows his type, right? Like the, the your buddy who's like, oh yeah, he just dates blondes with big tits. Like they know exactly the offensive lineman that they want, and they and they just have a type. Guy who can play multiple positions. Guy who has, you know, if he has shorter arms, that's fine. We we'll we'll deal with that as long as he like checks these boxes. They are so fucking like finite on on what they want in an, in an offensive lineman lineman out there yeah for sure i mean they just josh Sitton, i think was a late round pick yep um and there's a few of them now zach tom yeah that sean, sean ryan looks like like a like a guy yeah i wish that i wish zach tom didn't have number 50 though like that's just a goofy number like we need we need zach tom to have like a strong like 72 jesus um you know, it's like we just need a we need a seventy out of out of Zach Tom. That's my only complaint. Fifty as a tackle is a tough number, yeah. Yeah, it's just not it's not a tackle number. It's it's a center number. Like, yeah, that would be my really my first question for Zach Tom if I ever like got a chance to talk to him. Like, Zach, first time, long time, like fifty. What's up? Let's change like, your fucking number. <laughs> yeah, change your fucking number, guy. Kick my ass. Um. All right, let's uh let's wrap up the show with my Marquette Golden Eagles. We don't talk a lot of college basketball. I leave that for myself. Uh, mostly because I know, Mitch, you're not you're not a college basketball not a um, but the weekend really and in college basketball in general uh, with number four Marquette playing number one UConn. UConn has kind of looked inevitable this year. Uh, it's It kind of seems like it's UConn, Purdue, and everybody else. Although, as we tape, Purdue was in a dogfight with Minnesota. Um, I don't know how that that turned out, but maybe that's a sign of things to come. And I guess as somebody who is an outsider, you know, what what can I what should I expect? Where should my expectations be for heading into this game? 
Um, I mean, Marquette has actually looked a lot better the last couple weeks. I mean, I yes. feel like they they were pretty awesome, you know, for the first college basketballs were actually a really long season. People forget. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, shit started like before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and uh thanks to the networks right but oh um, yeah and you know and they started off good obviously lost to wisconsin but that was kind of just a blip in the radar and, right uh, they struggled they struggled to kind of be the haunted early in the season they did not do well on the road they started out i think one in three in true road games and then since then they've won at Madison Square Garden, they've won at Villanova's Bandbox Gym. They won at Georgetown, which anyone can win at Georgetown. And then they win at Inkle, which has been a house of horrors for them. And that was a game. I think that was like, I talked about it earlier this week, but like that to me was like this big moment for me because it's like, okay, everything's stacked up against you. This is a trap game. This is a team who needs the win for their NCAA tournament resume. This has been a this is a team you've already lost to, like there it did it did not look like this was set up for them to win, and they went there and they were up twelve at one point in that second half, and it was really just Kolek and Iguodaro being absolutely awesome, and Tyler Kolek has played to me like the player of the year in the last two or three weeks. He won't win it; it'll be Zach Eady, but he's just been on just another planet, and just has this sort of I am not letting my team lose, and it's so fucking fun to watch, even if you're not a fan of Marquette. Yeah, I mean, obviously the game on Saturday was, yeah, I mean, as you described there, I mean, it was it was a muck show pretty much for uh, the what most probably the first thirty five minutes of the game, and, yeah, and then just started finally dropping shots and or making shots and kind of took over and and, and did what they were supposed to do, but you know they're they're rolling, and I think your expectations could be fairly high, honestly. Um, you know, Marquette has, has played very well against the good teams. Um, a little a little Bucks-esque, if you will. Yeah. Um, this season. Uh, four and one against ranked opponents, Chuck. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we The only loss is to Purdue, who's, you know, the, the proverbial second-best team in, right? in Maui and – if you really want to get deep into that, they lost by three and Purdue hit a, like a 60 foot three pointer to end the first half. And that was basically the difference of the game. <laughs> it wasn't, but you know, there's a lot more, but if macro, like yeah, but you, you can't, you can't help but think though. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Go in. I mean, <laughs> right. where are yeah. We? You're, yeah. We're, we're in overtime in Honolulu. Ah, yeah. No, I, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think, really, like, the game against UConn last year in uh, Connecticut, they got their asses kicked. And part of the reason was they started out slow. They have to just hold their water. They don't have to start out fast, even. Just be, just be like, 10, you know, 16 to 16, 10 to 10, early on in this basketball game. And, you know, just keep, just hang around in that first half because that first half will be a fight. Marquette's really good at their second half adjustments and take advantage of mistakes. UConn does turn the ball over a little bit. They are eighth in the Big East in turnover percentage. Marquette forces the most turnovers in the Big East. That, to me, is where you're going to beat them. But, yeah, if UConn starts hitting shots, like, that's not good. Tristan Newton, the uh, – the Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones's cousin. He's not really a great three point shooter. It's really uh, Cam Spencer and Caravan and Dr. Who are their Who are their shooters? Cam Spencer is as much of a cocky cocky white boy as Tyler Kolek. So there is also a good chance that we get like a full on scrap between those two guys. Yeah. Does the size of UConn worry you at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it always does. It's like. Donovan Klingen is an absolute freak. A stud. Yeah, seven two. Uh, I could argue he's a, a better pro prospect than Zach Eady. Like he just and it's because he he's all over the place. Like he kind of he was he's a little bit Brook Lopezy in a way, right? Like with the way he plays defense, and he's just really oh, yeah. strong inside. And don't don't think I haven't noticed that. 
<laughs> on the radar. On the on the radar. But yeah, I mean they they are re- they've been better about offensive rebounds. But yeah, in when they get down, it's because of second chance points. And that's been something that has happened in early parts of the game. That happened in the St. John's game early in that one where they gave up a ton of second chance points. Seemed like St. John's had two or three attempts every time down. Uh, that happened in, against Seton Hall, too, where they ended up blowing out Seton Hall in the second half. But early on in that game, Seton Hall was getting a lot of second-chance opportunities. So it's just really important that they don't let the moment sort of get to them and they're able to just hold their water early in, early in the game. Yeah, I think Marquette has the talent, I think, to hang around. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like maybe rein in Cam Jones a little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at times. I mean, we like the confidence, but at the same time, um, yeah, there, there's really, a little. The whole team yeah. is not afraid to shoot, which is no, which is, uh, you know, becoming more prevalent in college basketball. But yes. it's kind of a breath of fresh air to see at times. Yeah, uh, when you know you got, um, you know, teams that are willing to jack the jack the three point shot. I mean, three is worth more than two, right? But you know, Cam Jones can be, and he's, you know. Not really the only uh, – David Joplin likes to shoot a little too much, I think. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, so, you know, smart shots, maybe maybe an extra pass here or there. They'll be fine. Yeah, and I I think the only concern you have with the three-pointers is UConn really doesn't allow. Like, in terms of point distribution, they, they, are, they allow the least amount of three-pointers in all of the Big East. So that's a, that's a slight concern. Right. That's a slight concern that that's going to be a, you know, that they are kind of keep that away from Marquette. But we'll, we'll see, man. It'll be, it'll be a fight. I mean, they're going to be probably anywhere from probably a four and a half to a six point underdog. And we'll just, we'll just see. We'll just see. And it, it would be, it'd be some shit for your boy if I'm out of the country and Marquette's number one in the country. I don't think they will be. Um, I think Purdue would be, but they'd probably be number two. And that would, that'd be a little, like, be strange for me. And that'd be like, don't, don't have a, uh, let what are you afraid against... you're, are you afraid you're going to, going to miss a parade or something with no, with not a parade coming the number one seed. No, 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 no. The number but, one ranking. Yeah, no. And, and then it's just a matter of being haunted and, and going forward. And then, then you have to start having a real conversation about if they can be a one seed and avoid, avoid potentially being that second team in Indianapolis because. Who did the... I, who did I see that had Wisconsin as a one? It must have been before. Oh, yeah, Rothstein. No, they didn't really have him as a one. Uh, as a foul. I killed him. That's unbelievable. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> uh, Rothstein had him as a one, uh, or just said they have a chance to be a one seed against Nebraska and Purdue, and then they went on to lose both. Both Right now, Wisconsin's like a four, anywhere from a four to a six. Is kind of where Wisconsin is been a rough right stretch now, for them. and and they got to go to Iowa, which is never an easy place to play. And not that Iowa is very good, but they they do have to go to Iowa. That's and not they play easy at, at Purdue yet. Yeah, and but the the thing with Marquette in the two seed is what really scares me. There is there is a long history of Marquette getting screwed with the seven seed, <laughs> and yeah, last year. And guess who's around the seven seed? Oh, Kentucky. You know that. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a big deal, right? Like Kentucky, Kentucky, uh, you know, having Indianapolis, that wouldn't be beneficial to a huge fan base, not at all. No. Um, or Indiana State, I saw that. I'm like, that, that doesn't even seem fair. Like Indiana State, I know it's in, it's not in uh, Indianapolis and in Terre Haute, but come on. So yeah, we'll see. Long way to go, though. I mean, long, long way to go. We are. About a month away from Selection Sunday, it's which is late this year, which it throws me off because like, I think St. Patrick's Day is on a Sunday, and that's actually Selection Sunday and not the first weekend of the tournament. So yeah, it's, it's weird, but yeah, the tournament is. doesn't start to like the twenty third and twenty fourth, is it? Or am yeah, I, yeah, twenty second and twenty third, something like that, which does feel considerably later. Right, and yeah, that that is a that is a sacrifice of leaving the country for two weeks. I will not be. I will not be off work during the term. I will just, I will be working from home, but, and we have the tournament on, but I will not be, I will not be there. Um, so that's, uh, 
that's just, you know, it's life, man. We'll, we'll yeah. make it. And, but the good and the bad, my wife will be gone part of that tournament weekend. So that's a lot of, lot of free time. I'll probably have just all the TVs going. It'll be, it'll be a scene. Yeah, uh, you'll be living your best life. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we we won't. I won't paint Mitch of watching the end of the Bucks game <laughs> last week podcast. I don't think it would be good podcast fodder since we don't have a, a camera on us. Uh, but we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, it's down to the this, wire. This dog fight here. Da- down to the wire. Uh, we'll be back uh, with podcast recapping Marquette UConn on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, maybe. Maybe an evergreen show. Maybe I'll look for some best of content to figure out what even best of content would mean. I'm sure I could pull out some old podcasts that people probably haven't heard or just that are so funny that are just worth worth bringing back. Um, pull out maybe... the infamous infamous pre-COVID podcast. Oh, that was bad. That was. I was just thinking about. I was gonna ask you like, oh, is this the big? What's the what's the last like big like? Wisconsin college basketball regular season game. And I actually think it was that Badger Indiana game right before COVID. It was the week before COVID the Badgers had to beat Indiana in Indiana to win the big 10. And they were on that heater. And like, they looked like one of the best teams in college basketball. They were like absolutely on fire. And Badger fans like to mention that they're like, Whoa, well, we didn't have COVID. We would have went to the final four that year. It's like, okay, like let's, let's calm down. Um, you know, I also would like a pony, um, but like, and that was the last big one. But yeah, it, there are some, there are some classics. I, I just will have to, I'll have to dig through and see if either I'll start, I'll just repost some classics, play the hits, or I'll, uh, I'll come up with some new content. So either way, um, I'll, uh, I'll do it. And don't worry, I'll, if I do do the classics, I'll at least listen, make sure that they are, uh, they're cleaned up for the people, so I don't get retro. I don't. Uh, get myself in trouble for something I said two years ago. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Yep. All right. All right, everybody take care. Have a good one. Oh, Jay Crowder from the corner. All right. See you later. Bye. Peace.